of the interesting things I've discovered about alcohol is what issues it can mask. For example, friendships, or I should clarify, close friendships. In my current age of 53, I do not have what I would classify or consider any close friends. I have people I'm acquainted with. I have people I've known for at least a decade that I would consider friends, not the ride or die type of friend. Other than my wife, I've only had two, maybe three of of those types of friendships in my life. I don't have any male friends that I talk to on a daily basis, not even two or three times per week. I've had maybe three periods in my life where this was a thing. In my young teens, until around about my early 20s, like 19 or 20, that was my cousin. It was my second cousin. And you'd think that we were brothers instead of cousins because of the way we acted most of the time. But as life does, plans changed. He got married, I think twice, eventually moved away, and the last time I spoke to him was at my mom's funeral. That was 2019. Prior to that, I think maybe the last time I had spoken to him was right after we moved here in Tifton in 2006. I worked for a company where the owner and I became really good friends, even though there was a 20-year age gap between the two of us. And even though I did drink in my teen years, even though I shouldn't have, but I did, it wasn't until I met him that I learned what real drinking was. Now, I believe he's, he's kind of mellowed out a bit on that front. I mean, he's in his 70s now, for God's sake. And I think it's been maybe three years since we last spoke. I mean, what is time anyway? It was either pre-COVID or, or since then, but I'm, I'm thinking it was pre-COVID. Anyway, after working with him for seven years, life changed again. So that gets me into the alts. The early 2000s is when I met my, my last long-standing, very close friendship. And again, alcohol was something we bonded over. I mean, it wasn't the only thing. I've mentioned before how I've played World of Warcraft since it launched in 2004. And he, along with another work friend and my wife, were always in the game. He and I, sometimes my wife would would also be drinking, but we'd be playing and drinking. Now, our other friend, he didn't drink, so yay for him. That close friendship lasted almost 13 years. We spoke every day because we saw each other at work every day. We chatted or spoke on the weekends. It was what I would consider a ride-or-die type of friendship. And then, again, life happened. Now, we message each other once or twice a year now, but it's, it's definitely no longer a ride-or-die friendship. In most, if not all, of these close friendships, alcohol was something we all bonded over. I mean, it wasn't healthy, of course, but it was what it was. And once the close friendships were gone, I still consumed alcohol, sometimes with my wife, but mostly by myself. I don't think there's anything sadder than a lonely drunk. The alcohol 
though it was like a crutch for me. Drink enough and all the boredom, all the sadness and the loneliness, it just kind of fades away until the pounding headache the next morning. I started thinking about this after seeing reports and articles and even uh, YouTube videos concerning loneliness in young men and how it may be approaching epidemic levels. The rise of feminism, the light being shone on the buzzy mantra of toxic masculinity, and an all-out hatred of the patriarchy. Those are some of the things that are said to be the root causes, or some of the root causes. I mean, I, I don't know if all of that's to blame or not. I, maybe, maybe not. I can say that young men aren't the only ones lonely. Us 50-plus-year-olds, even if we're married— we find ourselves in similar situations. Something, for me at least, the alcohol masked. And now the mask is gone along with the alcohol. It also reminds me of the old adage, never meet your heroes. Now, what does that got to do with what I've been talking about? Well, it's a curvy road, so just bear with me. It's going to connect indirectly. Because that was triggered by a headline concerning the whole Lizzo lawsuit. And the statement was, quote, never deify celebrities. It's pretty much the same thing, I suppose. You see, I've been an atheist basically my entire life, so I don't have some cool or interesting deconversion story that you hear a lot about in atheist circles or the atheist community. But living in the Deep South, part of the Bible Belt, it's not something I would generally openly talk about except with those close friends I spoke of. And even when they didn't hold the same opinions as me, it wasn't a friendship breaker. I guess I've always been looking for acceptance somewhere, a group perhaps. There was a time I was following the very vocal and most prominent voices in the atheist movement, the atheist community. Surely I had found my tribe, I thought. But it's odd, though, how even in a podcast, audio and video, you can paint a picture that you are so sure is accurate of someone, and then you discover it's not. It, it's not that any of these people did me wrong or anything like that. No, nothing like that. I'm pretty sure it was my own fault. Probably some notion I had that I was something greater than what I am. Now, for clarification, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to interview someone in the atheist community I thought highly of. And I'm not saying that I no longer think highly of them, but let's just say if there's levels to your pedestal, they came down a couple of notches. Now, I had scheduled a, a date for this interview. And before the scheduled date of the interview, this particular person had a personal tragedy happen in their life. And I figured, okay, this interview's not important, not that important. I do want to talk the, to them, but it's not that important. So I offered to postpone the interview, but he said no, that it was fine. And the interview didn't go wrong. It didn't go sideways. It, it was a pleasant interview. He was pleasant. I mean, I can't say anything bad about him or the interview. But apparently, I had this preconceived notion that because I was an outlier, an atheist in the Deep South, there would be, I don't know, some type of connection there, some type of instant friendship. Like, I don't know. I mean, 
Of course, I was wrong, and he and I have never actually spoken again. And this was after my last long-term close friendship had devolved into basically a, a simple friendship. So I guess maybe I was hoping, hey, look at us. We're both outliers in a heavily faith-based area. We should be great friends. Yeah, I know, I know it sounds silly. Even, even saying it out loud sounds effing ridiculous now. And through no fault of his, I, after that interview, found, and, and kind of I still do to this day, most atheist activists just seem like assholes. I'm not saying they are, and maybe it's just a tainted view because of an expectation that I should have known not to have, and I got a little jaded. It's, but it's just my perception of them now. They all seem very assholish. But I guess to bring this back to my main point is when or if you give up alcohol, don't be surprised if you're left with the feeling of loneliness, especially if your close friends were kind of bound to you. Your friendship was kind of part of the foundational aspect of your friendship. Alcohol was a part of it. I mean, even if like me, those close friendships had faded away for me, the alcohol became my close friend, became my ride-or-die relationship. And when it's gone, you may look back at all those previous close friendships and wonder what was real and what wasn't. Now, I'm not saying second-guess any of those friendships. Even with the ones that I had for a number of years where Alcohol was almost a central part of when we got together, when we weren't working, when we were just shooting the shit and having fun, we were drinking. There's, those relationships were real. Those friendships were real. Those were ride or die friendships. Forming close personal relationships is already hard enough, but you toss alcohol in the mix and, I mean, honestly, you never know how it's all going to end. But you, you listener, are the closest thing I have to a non-marital family or business relationship right now, a friend. So I want to thank you for putting up with my BS in these recordings. I guess maybe this one's just me feeling sorry for myself after <laughs> seeing all that about male loneliness. I mean, for me, there are other factors that contribute to mine that are not related to me being sober for, as of yesterday, it was 70, 72 days, I believe. But even though you and I are friends... We're not ride or die. We aren't that close yet. Mm -hmm.